0: It's good to see everyone here this morning. We've got a good crowd, and good to see people that have not been able to be with us for some time, and our visitors as well. We're glad that you're here, and I hope and pray that be able to say something this morning that will benefit us in some way. You know, the world we live in today is different than it's ever been. I, it it just seems like to me that a lot of what goes on in the world today is based on emotion. How people react to certain things and the things that they do is not based on really truth or what is true, but how people feel about things. The word emotion, is the definition of emotion is a mental state that arises spontaneously rather than through conscious effort and is often accompanied by physiological changes or a feeling. The emotions of joy, sorrow, reverence, hate, and love. We all understand that, that we have emotions. God designed us that way to have emotions. These emotions we just mentioned, all of us have probably experienced all of these different types of emotions and maybe others. Emotionalism though, Merriam-Webster says, is a tendency to regard things emotionally. Undue indulgence in or display of emotion. Or unwarranted expression or display of emotion. People that react emotionally to whatever it is in life. Emotionalism is when a person has an inclination to rely on or place too much value on emotion when dealing with issues or confrontations as opposed to resorting to reason when dealing with reality. You ever been around someone that just responded, overreacted, and things of that out of how they felt about things? Emotionalism in the church is a reaction that's based on a human sentiment or feeling. It's void of true worship and doesn't have any real substance. When we dig a little deeper into emotionalism, the measure for what is true or is real becomes how I feel about it. And a lot of the religious world today, this is the way that they base their religion is not on truth, but it's based on feelings. It's based on how they feel about it. And how they feel that it would benefit them or benefit a church or a congregation or some religious entity. And so they base their worship, they base their belief on feelings and sometimes feelings alone and leave scriptures out of it. So if I feel excited about a thing, this thing or that thing, then that thing becomes good to me. If I am not excited about it, then that thing is not important to me. And so this is the way that the world sometimes does make their decisions when it comes to religion, is they even make up their own doctrine and their whole judgment is based upon how this makes me feel or how does scripture make me feel when I read it and I don't like it. And then judge its value to our life and our Christian walk based on feeling. If we feel good about it, then we must, it must be good. If we feel bad about it, it must be bad, is the way that a lot of people base their thought process on this. Now, that doesn't mean that because Scripture can make us emotional that it's wrong. That's not what we're saying. Absolutely not. When we read Scripture, it should make us emotional. It should prick our hearts. It may make us sad or to the point of even bringing tears to our eyes. It might cause us to even obey God. The emotion of obedience and and sorrow and fear and trust and faith and all these things that bring about all the thought process within our minds that cause us to, to, to react upon the emotions that God has given us. So emotions are a very important part of our life, but emotions must not rule over our intellect or our thought process and what is true and what is good and proper and make good and proper choices based upon scriptural guidance. Many talk about the lack of emotion in our worship. Sometimes we've seen this or maybe experienced it um, we see other people maybe enjoying what they would consider uh, uh, a worship, and where there's a lot of excitement and a lot of pomp and circumstance and a lot of everything, just everything just stirred up. And they think, well, why can't we have that? Why can't we? Well, there's nothing wrong with emotion in worship. nothing but when it becomes emotionalism, that's when we have to be careful. Can we have emotion without giving into emotionalism? I believe we must. Emotions have a scriptural role in the life of the Christian, but when emotions become emotionalism, we have to be careful. How can we have emotion without emotionalism? Well, we want to realize that there are two extremes. Emotionalism, that better felt than told sort of religion where people depend more on what they feel in their heart rather than what the Bible has to say about something. Where worship is characterized by unrestrained outbreaks. We've seen pictures or we may maybe seen video or something like that where there have been those that get and jump up and run around the room and down in the aisles and roll over and this and that and all those different kinds of things that's emotionalism and we have to be careful about that this emotionalism goes against scriptural admonition for worship to be done decently and orderly as first corinthians 14 and verse 40 and there's a warning also for us to not trust in our own heart proverbs 28 And verse 26, you see, when we trust in our own heart how we feel about things, we get it wrong. How many times have we thought that we were absolutely correct in something? There was no shadow of doubt in our mind. We had no concern about where we were going or what we were doing and then found out later that we were wrong. You see, when we trust in our feelings... Sometimes we get it wrong. When we trust in the truth, we can always know that we get it right. So, these folks that rely and base their life on emotions and feelings are the ones that continue to make poor choices in life remember times when you've done something or said something or you've bought something and you did that out of emotion instead of stopping and thinking it out and then reacting to it, but we we jump in with all feet and then realize that we made a mistake. Sometimes we don't make the good decisions, do we? We buy things that we shouldn't buy and then we get ourselves in trouble or we, say something we shouldn't have said because we're angry at the time when we should have stopped and tasted our words before we spoke. But we also have to be careful about formalism as well. Religious formalism is an emphasis on the ritual, the things the the way we do things and in other words truth and the emphasis is only on the truth and then And maybe even traditional. And staying with only the way that we've done things all this time. And then all the spirit is gone out of it. But we make sure we get it all right. According to truth. But we forget about the spirit. We forget about putting our heart and our soul. Into our service. Into our worship. I wonder if. We were to hand out papers this morning. How many of us could write down the names of the songs we sang this morning and what they meant? The brethren selected those songs based upon worshiping and remembering our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. How much were we into those songs? Well, yeah, we sang them right. We hit all the right notes. We got them on the right key. We set all the words correctly. We got all the rests right. We got all the dotted quarter notes right and everything like that. Formalism, but did we have any spirit in it? Was there any spirit in reading those words to the point that it caused us to be emotional about our service to God? So the result of that is sometimes just a dead worship almost. No spirit in it. where there's a lack of heartfelt religion. And I believe this is contrary to what Jesus taught us. Jesus condemned a religion in which a person's heart is far removed from God. Matthew 15, verse 7 through 8. Hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Did we get it all right, and therefore it's good and acceptable to God? Is that all that matters, that we got it all right and left all the Spirit out of it? Jesus also said, Matthew 22 and verses 37 through 38, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. Did we give our all this morning? I hope we did. I hope we were emotional in our service so far this morning. But there's a tendency for us to go from one extreme to the other. If if we get too close to to being emotional, then we we sometimes want to back away from that. Because we don't want to be classified as emotionalism. And I understand that. We all understand that. But I think God wants us to be emotional in spirit as well as truth. Emotion has a proper place. Emotion is necessary in the Christian life. There's the emotion of love, 1 Peter 4 and verse 8. And above all things have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Love is an emotion. Love is also a behavior behavior. But the emotion in our heart causes us to obey, causes us to do things based on what the scriptures teach us and how we treat each other as well. There's the emotion of hope, Romans 12 and verse 12. Rejoice in hope. Rejoice. Joy is, and hope is, an emotion. Patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. There's emotion and joy. Philippians 4 and verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say rejoice. When we come here to praise God and honor Him and worship Him and adore Him and sing praises to Him, we ought to have joy in our hearts. Be joyful. We don't come in here and just act like we're just, oh, I've got to get this over with. And I sit down. Can we get through the songs? Can we get through the prayer? Can we get through the lesson? Can we get through all this so I can get on with my life? Is that the way we're living our Christian life? And there's no joy whatsoever in our worship to our God? Something's wrong if that's the case. There's something wrong if we are not joyed to be here this morning. Rejoice. in the Lord always there's the emotion of sorrow 2nd Corinthians 7 verse 10 for godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation not to be regretted but the sorrow of the world produces death emotion of sorrow causes us to do certain things there's nothing wrong with sorrow there's nothing wrong with being sad There's also the emotion of hate. Proverbs 8 and verse 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. Do we hate evil and and rejoice in things that are good and pleasant and godly? There's the emotion of fear. Matthew 10 and verse 28. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. So there's a place for emotion in the life of the Christian. Emotion must be a product of the word of God. Scriptural emotion must be rooted in the truth and faith. Faith causes us, uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So when we read our Bible, It takes intellect to read it and understand what the word is, and it can cause us to be emotional. Absolutely. When we read about God's love, we should be moved to love others in the same way. Notice 1 John 4 and verses 9 through 11. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So our love is a product of the word of God because we're commanded to love one another and treat each other treat each other with respect and love, brotherly love, and care, concern, all of those things. When we read the promises waiting for us, it should cause us to be hopeful for those promises. 1 Peter 1 and verses 3 and 4 and verse 13. Blessed be the Son of God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away reserved in heaven for you. What did I do? I went too far. Sorry. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought To you in the revelation of Jesus Christ. Our reading the scriptures should give us hope, that emotion that gets us looking towards something that is so much better than what we have in this world. Well, I'll tell you the longer life goes on, the more I hope for heaven. I hope you do too. This world is going in a direction we've never seen it before in our lifetimes. We've warned about it. We didn't know if we would ever experience it. I'm concerned about what our grandkids are going to be putting up with in 10, 15 years from now. What kind of world will be here if the Lord doesn't come again? But we have a hope that's set for us We have a hope that's beyond what this world is giving us right now. And I'm joyful about that. If you don't have a hope, something's wrong. If you don't have that emotion of hope and faith in your heart, something's wrong in your life. If we're always complaining about the world we live in and we can't find anything good about it, which God didn't promise us that. But he promised us a world that has everything good about it. Put our hope and our faith and our trust in God to look to that heavenly hope and forget about the stuff here. It's only temporary. It doesn't last. And we shouldn't care. Because we have a hope in heaven. And we should be able to rejoice in that. Romans 5 and verses 10 through 11. For if when the en- there were, we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Rejoice in that. When we're rebuked by the word of God, it produces also sorrow, Paul speaking to the Corinthian brethren in 2 Corinthians 7 verse 8. For even if I made you sorry with my letter, I do not regret it, though I did regret it. For I perceived that the same epistle made you sorry, though only for a while. You know, we're sorry sometimes about the choices that we make in life. Fix it. We're not perfect. But God's been God has made a plan for us to be able to fix it. If you've got problems in your life, fix it. And bring that joy back to your life and that hope back to your life. And quit being sorrowful all the time. Mm-hmm. Reading the scriptures also, we're moved to fear. Proverbs 1 verse seven, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. You know other preachers and teachers have stood here in this pulpit And preach their heart out to the audience. And I've sometimes, as well as you, been brought maybe even to tears emotionally by what is being taught. We've seen preachers, and I know I sometimes get emotional myself, that will sometimes get very emotional in the pulpit. I've heard people criticize for that happening. Nothing wrong with it. We're human beings. We have emotions. God gave us emotions. We need to be emotional. We need to be emotional about our service. We need to be emotional about our worship. We need to be emotional about our Christian life. But that, that isn't the main point that we base all of our Christian living on emotion then that becomes emotionalism and that's wrong we've seen this happen with people a word is said something said in the sermon and they're go- they're gone they're not coming back living their life based on emotion not the truth somebody got their feelings hurt or whatever and they leave and don't come back to the church based in their life of emotion. They know the services, that that the word of God is true. Sometimes good judgment isn't used, used by, and I've done it as well. Not use good judgment in the way I've said things in the pulpit sometimes, not intending to hurt people. But sometimes things are said and it may hurt our feelings. That's not the reason to give up living the Christian life. If it is, You're living your life based on feelings and not truth. So how does one avoid emotionalism? One way is to remember that emotion becomes emotionalism when it becomes the main goal. And we see this happening. We see it on the television. We see it in these big mega churches and things of that nature, that the goal is emotion. To stir the audience up. We see emotion. We've seen emotion. Within the last year or two or however many times it is, we see this herd mentality. We see this this, um, mob mentality. People would not do certain things, but they get so emotionally involved and get so stirred up that they will storm the capital. They get so involved in this mob mentality that they'll burn buildings down and root, uh, uh, riot and loot. Or normally, maybe they wouldn't. That's emotionalism. It's not based on truth. It's not based on what's right. So we have to be careful that emotionalism or emotion is not the main goal of our service to God. When people stress emotion for emotion's sake, when people forget that God gave us emotions for a purpose to motivate us to produce the proper fruit, the goal is not the emotions but the fruit that is intended to be produced. Hearing, believing, (laughs) repenting, confessing and being baptized into Christ. But also, emotion, emotional, emotion becomes emotionalism when it becomes, is not it's not based on the, God's word, when one is led by how they feel about it, or not what is truth. Remember the warning in Proverbs 28 and 26 about trusting in our own heart. It becomes emotionalism when emotion is the basis of your faith when we follow feelings to dictate what we believe such as when a person refuses to obey when we read scripture because it feels we feel different about it than what the scripture says or when one tries to change the meaning of a of a scripture because it's not they don't feel good about it it's a little too close to home doesn't make me feel good and you know we're living in a world of feel good all the time because we have to feel good about everything in life and so when we read the word of God and it doesn't make us feel good then there's something there must be something wrong with the word of God Then you see so that's the basis of your faith there's a problem So, in our conclusion, the ability to feel and express emotions is a wonderful gift of God that's given to us. Absolutely. It allows us to respond to the truths found in God's Word. And hopefully, when we read God's Word, it causes us to react to that Word. It motivates us to grow in Christ, it motivates us to grow in our service. It motivates us to grow in our worship. It motivates us to do all kinds of things to add to our faith. But we need to avoid both extremes, formalism as well as emotionalism. The lesson is yours. We thank you for listening to our podcast put on by the Church of Christ at 2215 Plans Road in Bakersfield. If you would like any additional information or you would like to receive a free Bible correspondence course by mail, please email us at info at churchofchristbakersfield.com. Our service times are Sundays at ten thirty AM and five PM, and Wednesdays at seven thirty p.m. Please make plans to join us. We would love for you to be our honored guest.